On today's episode of Up in the Air, we bring on a very smart and talented person who is always sure to never take themselves too seriously. She received her undergraduate from UC Davis, took a little bit of a break, and is now a first-year medical student at Kansas City University. She's definitely one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever been around, and I'm very fortunate to have called her a lifelong friend. Everybody, Caitlin Stanley. All right, welcome everybody. Episode nine of Up in the Air and bringing on someone I've uh, known possibly too long. She makes me feel very old. Caitlin Stanley, how are you, Caitlin? I'm good, and we're pretty much the same age, so I feel old as well. No worries there. But um, yeah, I've known Alex since like first grade, I think. I don't know. I think, I think second grade. Were we in that combo class together with uh, with Kalish, Mrs. Kalish? Yeah. Yeah, she's an angel. Yeah, but, I vivi- yeah, I vividly remember those days, but it's it's hard to imagine. Number one, you know, we've known each other a lot that long, but number two, it feels like if I do see you, you know, it's not like there's been too much time away. At least, you know, you'd like to think. Yeah, no, we pick up where we left off. It's pretty nice. But so, anyways, uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Where where are you right now? Because I I'm always curious. You know, yeah. all my friends are in so many different places now, including myself. So where where are you right now? Yeah, I'm actually I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Go Chiefs! Unfortunate loss this year, but I'm bandwagoning. Anyways, um, I'm here for med school. I'm in my first year at Kansas City University, and um. I'm currently sitting in a study space, so I have an exam next week, but I'm really excited to be here. Um, but yeah, I've been in uh, Missouri since July. I moved out here at 2020, and this is my first year. So we'll be ending it in May, and I'll come home to Fresno for a bit, and then I'll come back here. So it's actually, it's been a pretty fun experience. Like, I was a little skeptical of the Midwest, being from California. I'm like, oh, right. that weather. and Honestly, everything was great until about like two, I think it was two or three weeks ago, I experienced the coldest weather I had ever experienced in my life. It was like negative, negative degrees. So I remember I didn't start my car all week. So I was like, I'm not going out in snow. I've never driven in the snow. Like I'm just terrified, whatever. I had my groceries like delivered. So pathetic. So it's so finally- California of you. I know. I was just like terrified of driving in the snow. I was like, no way am I going to chance this. I have like front wheel drive. I don't even have like, I mean, I have a basic California car. Like it's not. What do you have? A Kia. Go Kia. Kia Sorento. It's an SUV. Yeah. So 2015. So you don't have all wheel drive? Nope. Oh, got the okay. Then you're screwed. Model. Yeah, no, I got front wheel. I'm not really sure what that even means. I thought it was four wheel because the F, but no. anyways, yeah learn that the hard way. So yeah, I, I finally drove my car when the snow was like cleared for the most part from the roads. And obviously my tire pressure was low. So I was like, Oh, I'll just pull over to gas station. No gloves. I had a parka, but I literally got out of the car. And as I was like unscrewing the cap to the tire, my hands like literally froze. <laughs> like I could not feel my thumb, my index finger. And I immediately went in the car and like had the heat like blasting and my fingers felt like they were on fire because they were thawing out. And I was like, obviously immediately called my parents. I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't even fill up my tires. Like, <laughs> Why am I here? It's so cold. They're like, get some gloves, like, you know, grow up, get out there. You're going to be fine, whatever. They weren't that helpful, but it's okay. It only lasted like a week. And then now it's like 73. So yeah, because 
I know what's the I don't know if the elevation is high there. I don't think it is, right? I'm gonna be honest, I'm not sure, but not I was sure. under we the impression it wasn't. I was under the impression it wasn't, but I'm not positive. And so but it was cold. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt if I asked you ten years ago, you know, where are you gonna end up and you know, start doing this schooling, I don't think you Kansas City would have been on the top of that list. No. So how does that even come into kind of your frame of mind and, and yeah. even part of your decision making process? And did you visit Kansas City? prior to going there for school? Yeah, so basically the med school application process is kind of insane. Um, there's not like, I mean, you pretty much just apply everywhere you can. Um, I obviously, ideally California would have been nice because it's close to home, but it's like some of the most competitive schools. So I applied literally everywhere. And um, KCU is a pretty reputable program. It's been around for like over a hundred years. So I was wow. like, okay, I went and interviewed. I really liked the city. Uh, Brian Ying, I don't know if you remember him. He's yeah. like a year to a year older than us. He goes here. Oh, so I, I like, re yeah, I re so random, but I reconnected with him randomly, like the summer before he left, like we were selling a house, whatever. I was walking the dogs. He like saw me and I was like, Brian, like, how are you? Whatever. He's like, Oh, I'm actually going to med school. And I'm like, I'm applying, like, where are you going? And, um, we kind of stayed in touch with the application process. And when I interviewed here, he met up with me the night before and showed me around a little bit, which was nice to have someone that was like familiar with the area. Cause you like, kind of fly in alone. And this was pre COVID. Thankfully I got an interview pre COVID. Oh, God. So that was in October. So it was way pre COVID, but anyways, um, yeah. So I visited and the weather was nice. There was no snow cause it was right. October. Right, so right. I got in just the right time and I saw the city and it is actually a, like a fun city. I don't know. I expected like Midwest to be super rural and they do have obviously rural locations around here, but Kansas City is pretty fun. So um, I got to look around. We ate at like a good restaurant. I got some barbecue, obviously. I was going to ask um, you about that. Is it what it is propped up to be or is that just like an overrated? So I've had, I've had Texas barbecue and Kansas City barbecue and it's definitely different. I think Kansas City has better sauces. Like the, the mm -hmm. flavor is there. I had a brisket though in Texas that was like borderline life-changing, <laughs> but that was the first, that was the first barbecue I'd ever had, like legit barbecue, you know, like besides like our right. parents cooking and stuff. Right, but, yeah, this is a different ballgame. Uh, yeah, so when I came here, I like, what I like here is the burnt ends. Mm. I believe it's also brisket, it's just like a burnt charred end of it. I think that's delicious. like a Kansas City specialty, yeah. correct? I think so too. So I've had like the full brisket, mm. At, uh, but I, honestly, I stick to the burnt ends. I have not branched out. I've like tried a bite of a rib and it was good, but like I've, <laughs> I haven't tried much of anything else. I just stick to what I know. And um, it's been really good, but the sauces are delicious. It's more of like a sauce thing here. I feel like okay. whereas in Texas, I felt like that was less, but. It's more of like the wood fire smoked the meat itself rather than, than just the sauce. They're both so good, but you're like immediately in a food coma following it. So I don't eat yeah. it all the time. I, I would feel like you wouldn't want to do much after. No. Especially you if you're drinking You don't get much that. done. No. Pretty much no studying after that. It's just so you go app. do that. You get kind of like this tour. And yeah. are you already thinking in the back of your mind, this is where I want to go? Or did you have other, you know, places yes. in mind? Where did this rank kind of? Yeah. So um, I was very fortunate to have had like, an acceptance to a program in Nevada prior. So I had something to like tangible to compare it to. And um, 
the Nevada school, like the area was nice. It was like 15 minutes from Vegas. Again, this is pre-COVID. So in my mind, I'm like, ooh, post-exam, like I'm out. Yeah. Like <laughs> go to the strip. The city that doesn't sleep. Like right, I can right. get something 24-7. Like, cause I stay up late, wake up late. Like yeah. I'm not a very functioning human of society at this point with school. <laughs> so um that would have worked well as as well. So I was like, ooh, that's nice, quick flight home, like whatever. And then when I came here, the school, it like the people in on campus, like, okay, I'm gonna be careful with my words here. Everyone was friendly everywhere, but at Kansas City, like it seemed like people really genuinely enjoyed being a part of the program. Like they were just so excited about it. A lot of them were not from Kansas City. Like a lot of them actually had chosen places further from home just to go here. And I thought that spoke a lot because I remember at the Nevada school, um, a lot of people were like, you know, you always ask like, oh, why'd you choose here? Like, you know, what do you like? And they're all like, oh, it's close to home, you know, like right. it's the closest to home. <laughs> I'm right. like, how often do you get to go home? Like, honestly, I mean, COVID changed that a little bit. I was home yeah, for a while that, for that break. That completely but... changed everything. But you couldn't have foreseen that. That was no, nowhere exactly. near your frame so... of mind. Yeah, exactly. But everyone that was at Kansas City was like, I chose it because the program, the family feel, like, I really enjoy it here, like, blah, blah, little things, like the Chiefs, the barbecue, there's tons of coffee shops, like, the social yeah. aspect, like, the family feel. I don't know, it was just really enticing, and I was like, ooh, like, that would be awesome, you know, like, all these people, cho like, choosing this school from other states, like, that really speaks a lot about the program, I feel like, so, and then also had Brian Ying talking it up, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I think to your point, like, there's a lot of different places you can go. And if you trust yourself enough, you'll get the teaching that you need, the education that you need. But to your point, like, it's also a living situation. And you're, you are far away from home. So if you don't have that closeness, you better have other things lined up that are going to make you happy and allow you to do your to do your work the way you want. And I've heard nothing but good things about Kansas City from pretty much everybody I've talked to that's either visited and or lived there. And when I lived in Denver, they were like, oh yeah, Kansas City feels like a mini Denver. And I, I love Denver. So to me, it would probably be a no brainer to, to want to hang out there and to your point, have like that family vibe. Um, but I just, I'm sure you never thought you'd end up there, but I'm, I'm sure now there's no regret. Yeah, no, I never in my life imagined I'd be in the Midwest, but I don't regret it. I actually really enjoy it here. Um, everyone I've encountered has been so nice, too. I think maybe that's a Midwest thing. I don't know, but everyone's really kind. I still have my California plates, and I haven't been honked at much. Really? So. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is something that I've experienced negatively. In Denver, oh. I was flipped off for my California plates. I was honked at, like, <laughs> go back home, get out of here. So when I moved to Bend people in here don't like Californians either. And so thank God I had uh, Colorado plates. So when people asked where I was from, I would just say, oh yeah, I just moved here from Denver. And so they wouldn't assume that I was from California. But if you say California, they assume like you're from San Francisco or LA yeah, or San Diego, something like that. You're like into surfing mm -hmm. or, you know, you're a laid back guy. And I'm like, look, man, you know, not, not to, crap on fresno but i'm from fresno like yeah. you know i'm not from hollywood i'm not from beverly hills yeah. it's not a terrible place I'm, I'm not from the you know the ghetto or the middle of nowhere but i'm not in some uppity up you know uh, yeah. lifestyle that i had so i think it kept us grounded in a way and maybe that's why it's easier for us to go yeah. to places like that 
I don't know. I feel like when I tell people I'm from California, they're just like, oh, what are you doing here? You know, like, why'd you leave? Oh, why are you here? And I'm like, oh, I'm here for school. And they're just all so nice. I don't know. I've had a good experience. I got lucky. Well, I think it'd be uh, very difficult for someone to like have, I mean, you're not very high maintenance and I don't think you give off that yeah. vibe of like, you know, being the girl from Cali and you can't yeah. handle yourself. Like, you know, you, you played sports, you can hang out, you know, with the boys and do all those things. Yeah. So I, I don't think that would be something that would, you know, deter you from anything, but something that I've always thought of too. And I don't know if you experienced this when you move to a new place and you're there to like do something like you're doing, do you feel pressured to make new friends or is it just kind of like, I'm here to get my stuff done. I've got friends. I'm in a, and I'm out. No, that's a great question. Actually, I was worried about that, like moving here during a pandemic, like how would I meet people kind of thing? Cause our classes are all online right now and oh, our wow. lab, we only, we went in like once a week for lab. So, and it was just one partner and you're full, like, you know, PPE. So it was really, it was tough to meet people. I was worried about it, but everyone was super proactive because everyone was in the same boat, like coming from a different place. So they're like, we held like Zoom meetings and stuff with the class. And then um, I was looking for a roommate because I didn't want to live alone um, during my first year. And I met people that way. And then we just started like a huge group text prior to coming to school. And then we met like in an outdoor, like six feet apart mask like you know social so thing. awkward like i know it's like a, basically a giant picnic but sit like away <laughs> bring your own blanket away you know? from each other yeah so um i actually and then from there everyone kind of like made their groups of people and i actually met like a really good group of girls and guys here actually like everyone's been super like i just got lucky like i feel like we're at that time in our age where people are a little more mature yeah. So um, it's been really fun getting to know people and see like where they're from and what their goals are, especially with medicine, like what field they're trying to pursue. And um, it's been good to have like kind of like, I guess, like a support system within the school itself, because, you know, we're all taking the same classes, like we're all going through the same tests, the same everything. So it's nice to like have people to talk through things with or be stressed with or celebrate with when you're done, yeah. you know, so it's been really nice, but I definitely... I feel like I needed to meet a group because it's just such a new place for me. Like it was nice having people to explore like Kansas city with, you know, instead of just being like kind of lost or cause COVID like everything shut down. It's not the same. Like, yeah. That, so. that would just make things so much more difficult. I would assume. Cause now you're just, you're stuck and you're in a place you're not familiar with. It's smaller than being like, I remember when it all happened, I'm in an apartment and I don't like to even be home that much. I'm not a homebody. And I thought to myself, even if I just had a backyard, for God's sake, or even if I had a little, you know, area I could go that was connected, it would be so much better. And, you know, if I had a home, that'd be nice. But when you're in an apartment like that, you're not familiar with the area, and you don't feel like you've totally explored the city, and now they're telling you you can't go anywhere, it drove me nuts. And uh, it really tested my you know, ability to do my job the right way and stay focused. So, I mean, I can't even imagine doing that and having schooling. I, number one, I can't even imagine being in school still. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing that. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. For me, when I got here, we had like two weeks because we had to get COVID tested and then we had two-week quarantine before we could like pick up our, I guess, PPE from the school for the lab program. So oh, they gave you all that stuff. Yeah, so we have like the N95s and the goggles and stuff like that, but uh, which was nice of them to provide that. But 
during like that two weeks, I was like, just trying to familiarize myself with grocery store, all that stuff. And then as soon as school started, it was kind of like a, a wall. <laughs> no, you're like, whoa, yeah. that's a lot of information. I have no time to do anything except study anyways. So I grew very custom to my little desk in my bedroom, um, which is right next to my bed, which makes things challenging because I oh, would God. find myself slowly migrating. Yeah, falling asleep. Passing out, you know, and they wake up, maybe the same thing. So um yeah that was a tough adjustment because I hadn't been in school you know for a while since undergrad really so um that was interesting but you kind of learn in that for the first course we took was literally three weeks long like our first test it was like a week after like they just just flood you with information They're like here we go like got a test and once you kind of get over that little barrier like okay I took the test I did okay like this is what I need to do from now on like it, it kind of, you just got more into your routine. So I feel like honestly school helped with this whole COVID situation because it got me to do something like that. I, you know, I don't, I can't really be around people to be productive. So you had no other option, but to focus on the work yeah. in front of you. Yeah. And it, I think it really helped. Like it helped with the transition. Cause I was worried I'd been out of school for like three years when I started. So I was like, yeah, three. Yeah. Ooh. See, <laughs> we're was, old, isn't that terrible? Oh, I'm turning 26 in a month, yeah. and I'm like, I'm closer to 30. Yeah, no, What's I'm already happening? there. It's not cool. Like, like, 26 was not cool. Like, even 25 was not cool, but 26, no. you're not mm-hmm. even like the young person anymore. You're kind of like that. <laughs> oh, you graduated like four years ago, guy. Oh, okay. I know. Anyway. I'm like, when, when you're meeting people, they go yeah. off of like high school graduation year, kind of right. like, oh, what class are you? And I'm like. 2013 (laughs) we're coming up on 10 years now I know I'm like it's been a Uh, minute but there's people in my class that are older much older and they're like I think I have someone in my class who's like in her 50s honestly which oh my god well that's another thing I was gonna ask my sister um is finishing up law school and when she got there super intimidating because to your point a lot of people took sort of like a two three year gap and so here she is walking in at 22 and she's already young for her grade yeah and uh you know she's telling me all oh, these guys are 27 28 somebody's almost 40 and it's intimidating and I, I don't know what it's like for you over there but do you feel like you're on the younger end of the spectrum or kind of in the middle of the pack I feel like I'm kind of at the average age so I guess I would say middle of the pack then to answer that question first of all McKenna's amazing she's I knew she's gonna figure it out she's just so good at everything don't give her don't don't let her head get too big (laughs) she she that would intimidate me if I were the guys I'm like oh look at her got everything going on but yeah she's not intimidating she's frightening but that's (laughs) that's different but um here yeah there are people that are like fresh out of college undergrad that applied wow. like their junior year so it wow. takes like a year to get in so they're young we got like some 22 year olds someone was 21 <laughs> like, that is young um and then you know i'm 25 i'm about to be 26 and there's a few people that are like late 20s even early 30s and then that one she's a bit of an outlier Mm. in her 50s likely like already has a family and a law degree and just decided to come back and pursue medicine I don't know more power to her but I do feel like I'm in the middle and I kind of feel like age matters a little less at this point like yeah people wonder how old you are and stuff more in school but you're kind of all grouped into the same thing so you just kind of forget like people maybe just finished and some have been doing another career for so long and now like it 
I don't know, life experiences play into it a bit um, with like our patient encounters. Like we have like standard patient encounters that they'll sometimes do. And I think like having a bit more of the clinical experience helps with that. But I mean, eventually everyone will get there. Like I don't think the age really matters that much, but yeah, that's funny. It is true. I am middle of the pack now. Hey, at least I'm not the oldest though. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I feel like that at work sometimes, like there's so many young people there and I'm just like, I used to be the young guy in the office when I did sales. I was the young guy. We are still young. Yeah, but. Technically. I'd like to think I'm only getting better with age. Like every year, get a little better, you know, maybe get a little healthier. Fine wine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so what did you do then? I mean, I know I talked about this with you briefly, but I don't think we ever really sat down and like, if someone were to ask me, what exactly is she doing, you know, prior to going to school, I don't think I'd be able to answer that question eloquently enough. So what did you do in that three year span? And how did you maintain the motivation to, you know, ultimately apply and follow through with something you've, you've always wanted to do? Yeah, so um, when I graduated, I began scribing. And I kind of have a little bit of a different path to med school because like my parents uh, split up during my senior year of college. So kind of around the time I was trying to figure out the MCAT, not the best timing, but you know, everything happens for a reason. So um, I ended up having to take it again. And um, I scribed during the time for two years at the ear, nose and throat and ear, nose and throat medical group in Fresno. Mm. Um, One position primarily, but that's kind of where I learned like how important the patient physician interaction is. And I think that helped me a lot. Like my clinical experience, like I think that stood out hopefully a little bit in my application. So I think it helped me a lot with getting into a program. Um, And then after I got in, I decided I had been working (laughs) at that place long enough and um, I switched to work as a scribe still but at a cardiologist group, kind of just get more of an idea of different specialties. Um, And then COVID hit and I, they were like letting people go and I volunteered (laughs) because I was going to be leaving like in a month, you know? So I was like, I'm already going to be going. So I actually got some unemployment, which was unexpected. Really? not bad going into significant debt. I was like, I'll take what I can get. So (laughs) it'll just scratch the surface of it, but at least it's something. Yeah. It's pretty sad. My mentality about finances has changed significantly. I'm like, what's another, I mean, I'll just be paying this three times off in like the future. So So you're saying you've gotten to a point where you're like, I'm already, you know, this, this deep into it might as well just. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, Oh, if you need it for school, it's worth the investment. Like, Oh, like a, like even some little like $30 subscription to like some anatomy app. I'm like, you know, it's for school. Oh, like, I'm, I'm terrible with that stuff. I hate, I just hate spending money in general. I'd rather just Me have too. it. But to your point, I think but, you yeah. get to a point where you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to go all in with this. And at the end of it, I'll pay it all off and it'll all yeah. be worth it. So, I mean, I need more of that mindset. I, I find myself worrying so much financially all the time, but to your point, like, you're trying to get somewhere and you're trying to do it, just do it, you know, and, and worry about it yeah. later, I guess. I mean, I just, I guess the way I look at it is, it's like, okay, I mean, it's pretty significant debt. It's like 50 grand a year just for the school and it's four year program. Um, and then I have like living expenses, obviously. So I'm kind of like, actually like in the grand scheme of things, 
what is two grand gonna mean on that right, right. like you know what i mean it's like literally it's all relative at that point yeah so i guess it's a nice ish way to live <laughs> but um <laughs> hey other people do it so that's my right. motivation i'm like look they can do it i can do it like other people get through this it's gonna be okay it's gonna be fine and all my friends here in the same boat so and but. you know i don't know if this is just because things have gotten so much more fast-paced or it's just something with our generation, but I think we're very impatient. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just because everything now is so immediate. I mean, you want to stream something, you can do it. You want to buy something online and have it delivered to your door, you can do that. Yeah. And so the idea of, of going to school for that long with your undergraduate medical school, and then you have to do, you know, even the, the steps thereafter, the residency. Um, do you think that the medical field, it will change the way they do this is it becoming antiquated or, or archaic? And do you think it's sustainable or will it deter people from, from wanting to do this? I don't think, unfortunately, that it will change or shorten just because it's so important to get that time in. And like, I mean, you're, you're treating people. Like you right. are then responsible for people and their health. And like they do, ha- I feel like this time is necessary, honestly, maybe even more because... I mean, once we're out there, like people look to us, you know, our patients would look to us to help them and you need to know what you're doing. Like, you know, you need that experience. Um, It is long to see the the way they do it is like the first two years of school are just the like you're hitting the books. Like it's all that you're just learning all the science behind everything, the diseases and everything like that. And then you take your board exams and then you do rotations. So then you kind of get more clinical. It's like the clinical experience side of it for the next two years. And then you go into residency. And depending on what you want to specialize in, like for me, I'm still interested in internal medicine. Um, so that's just a three-year residency, whereas others, you add on more to that. Each, like each one adds on more time. And then once you're done with that, you start like your own, you start practicing on your own essentially. So um, like neurosurgeons, I, I don't actually don't even know how long, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for them. I think it's like, oh, I honestly don't know. I think it's over. Yeah, I would imagine it's ridiculous. Cause Probably like just... seven, maybe? I honestly, of residency? Sure. Yeah, because it's three years of, reg- everyone does three years. And then like, I think general surgery does five total. So I imagine neuro's more, like seven? I don't know. I have obviously I'm not yeah, interested no, in pursuing neuro. <laughs> Yeah, no. so I haven't looked into that. But to, um, to your point, it's, it's life and death, you know, in, in certain situations. Yeah. It's not every day, but you yeah. know, you're gonna have those moments. And when you were talking about the other stuff you did, the more clinical things that kind of gave you more life experience, do they teach you guys how to deal with those difficult conversations you have to have? Or is that something you just kind of have to naturally do on your own? So I think they they try their best to teach some of that stuff. Like we'll have a bioethics class and they'll go through like difficult scenarios, but I feel like it's not really something that can just be like taught or spoken about. Like you actually have to go out and and, like experience it. I I don't know, because I I feel like I'm a pretty emotional person. Um, When I think about like hard cases or having to like tell a family some bad news, you know, like I feel like at this time in my life, I feel like that would make me obviously sad. And I'm not sure how my emotions would play out into that conversation. That's something I feel like I'm definitely going to have to learn and adapt to. Um, 
to kind of control those emotions. Um, so yeah, they, they tell us like what we should do, but you know, you can't read off a script. Like it has to come across naturally. I mean, like these are real people. This isn't like a sim like simulation situation. So um, that's gonna be something I feel like I'm gonna learn more in the clinical rotations. Cause as a scribe, um, you're kind of just in the room. Like you're like the fly on the wall typing everything up. Like I had some patient interaction depending on who I was scribing for. Like I would get to do more patient interaction that way, uh, more of like a medical assistant role. But for the most part, I just kind of sat there and watched. And I feel like that's something like you, a lot of people are born with that, like being able to communicate well with people. But I think for the most part, a lot of the difficult conversations are going to be kind of like acquired knowledge. Like you're going to go through right. it and you're going to learn from each experience, how you're going to be better for the next patient or how you're going to word things differently. Like, I don't know, that's going to be one of the tougher parts of the job, in my opinion. Like, I'm honestly not sure how that's going to go, but I'm going to learn. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. get there. So I'll have it eventually. I got a long time ahead of me, but um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a tough, that's tough. That's, that's going to be tough. And, you know, I think something that, you know, people talk about this every now and then in terms of, you know, trying to find, you know, which avenue to take in terms of getting into the medical field. And I think a lot of people, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but it seems like a lot of people eventually figure out they may want to do something else than they initially believed, because maybe the, the journey to get to the end goal that they had in mind is not worth it for them. Like the end goal sounds great, but maybe the journey to get there isn't. And yeah. I think that's something everybody has to work through. So I know you were saying you're not doing a specific, is it the MD portion? So what exactly oh, right. you know, is the path yeah. you're taking? And then where is the end goal here? Like what, what's the ideal situation for you? Yeah. So I'm actually at a DO program. It's like a doctor of osteopathic medicine. So it is the same as an MD, but we get a degree in and we get a doctorate of osteopathy. So to explain it, because not a lot of people are super familiar with it, but it is the same. We take the same classes. It's the same duration. We take the same board exams. Um, actually, I just have like osteopathic physicians have a, a second board exam technically um, that focuses on the osteopathic portion of it. So we take two board exams, but we take the same boards as the MD programs. And same residency, same four years, same clinical rotations, all that. Everything's the same. We just have one extra class um, that is basically osteopathic manipulation. So to kind of explain it the best way that I can, it's like they're trying to teach us to use our hands to locate dysfunction and to different techniques that they have observed over the years that help alleviate that dysfunction um some of the techniques i've learned i think have been pretty decent um <laughs> others i'm like that's going to be difficult to do in us in a like patient setting but okay you know so it's kind of teaching us to use our hands it's like we i think we have like i don't even know how many hours we need at least 200 i think to um but it's just it's teaching us to use our hands essentially in my opinion it's a lot like physical therapy techniques or maybe even some chiropractic um, techniques. It's kind of teaching us those things. It's a little different. Interesting. Like someone with like neck pain, like you know, maybe they can't turn their head as well. Like we could do some manipulation essentially really? to help that. <laughs> you know, it's like 
I feel like this is going to be something I'm going to have to experience on my own with right, the patient right, right. to see the results. Um, it's definitely unique. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same path. It's the same test. We're still doctor. We still write prescriptions. Everything's the same. Okay. Uh, we just have that extra class essentially. So. And so would you want to go work at a large, you know, hospital somewhere, you know, East coast, West coast, or, or would you rather do your own thing like a private practice? You know, that's tough. I feel like, so I, I want to have a family, like I want to have kids. I, I want to be able to like be there for them and stuff. So I think I've just been knocking out things I'm not that interested in that are a little tougher with the lifestyle portion. I, I think at this point, a private practice setting would be um, the best for me, at least at this point. Um, I love having relationships with people. That's why I'm drawn towards internal medicine, you know, the longevity of care with your patients, like it, it's something that entices me. So I think if I had a private practice kind of similar to my dad's situation, basically. So um, yeah, he has his own practice. Uh, he's able to like go to sporting events and kind of create his own schedule, so to speak. Um, that's something that I would like. However, I have thought about working in a hospital before. Um, I'm just not really sure at this point, like, what I gravitate towards the most, like the, like the private practice sounds great. Like it fits all the boxes, you know, but when I do rotations or something like I could be drawn to the hospital, I'm not sure. It's just, it's just, I don't know, so much can change because we're in it for so long. That's what I was going to say. It's like, you may have in the back of your mind what you want right now, but by the time you finish with all this, you could be in a completely different mindset yeah. than what you're saying to me right now. Yeah. And that's, what's tough. But as of right now, I see myself like, you know, finishing residency and starting my own practice. You know, if I have patients, <laughs> that right. would be ideal. Or maybe starting in a group setting and then branching off like into a private practice setting. But would you go um, back home or no? I know Fresno is like a black hole. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I do like my family's there. It would be nice to be close to everyone. Like I had a great experience growing up in Fresno. I mean, I didn't know what I was missing either. You know, like you just grow right. up and it's all you have, but I had a great high school experience. Like, I feel like I made great friends like you. I mean, I just, I feel like there are great people there and it was an easy place to grow up in. Like I do think having a family there would be nice. I haven't experienced much else. Um, I do think I want to be back in California. Uh, I just don't think you can beat the weather. I, I really, when I experienced that cold, I was like, why would anyone live anywhere colder than this? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. not something I'm used to. Maybe I would be used to it after a few years here. But um, I definitely think I want to be back in California. I just don't exactly know where. I think SoCal is enticing. Um, you know, there's like little areas like Thousand Oaks or there's areas like that that aren't Ooh, in LA, nice. LA necessarily, you know, like on the outskirts yeah. a little bit. I used to drive through there nice. all the time. Yeah, it's a great place. I yeah, mean, yeah. totally doable. I don't know. Where do you want to end up? You're like in Oregon? I love Bend. Love it. Um, similar, you know, to what you were saying, I didn't really know anything about it. I had heard good things about it. Yeah. And when I was working in Santa Barbara, it's the same parent company that, that owns both TV stations. So I knew about Bend, um, okay. but I, I never imagined ending up here. I was on the sales path and I was pretty committed to it. And I just thought, you know what, uh, financially, it's great for me. I can travel to cool places. 
Yeah. The schedule was easy. It was 8.30 to 5.30 job, you know, 9 to 5. Oh, that's nice. And um, when the pandemic hit, it completely changed my thought process. And I just woke up and I hated doing the sales calls, especially while everyone was going through such turmoil with everything. And here I am calling business owners, trying to, you know, convince them to stay strong and keep spending money. And I get it in sales, you have to be aggressive, but I think there were times where I was too empathetic with them. And my dad's like that with sales. He's not very aggressive, never has been. He was always just a good people person. And so for me, it was like, I don't like this. I don't feel like I'm doing anybody any good. So finally I made the transition and then getting the offer in Bend, it was like, well, this looks really cool. And uh, the outdoor aspect here, I mean, we're 25 minutes away from the ski resort. It's, it's pretty unbelievable and I'm very fortunate. Um, But where I'd want to end up, I'd like to come back here and get a house one day. I I can tell you that like as a a second home, but I was, I kind of always envisioned myself like in a big urban setting, you know, like a New York or an LA. Um, But I I think parts of that have changed of me just being in a place like this. I enjoy it so much, Um, but I think a smaller town can get you in a bit of a routine and things can become a little bit too habitual. Whereas with a bigger city, it maybe never feels like you've, you know, covered all your bases there. So I take it as I go to your point. I don't know how I'll feel in two, three years from now. I just want to keep progressing career wise and and what makes sense for me, you know, personally and professionally, but it's stressful. It's certainly stressful because to your point, like I want a family too. And, you know, I don't want to have my kids grow up in some place that I don't think is good for them. Yeah. I wouldn't want them to have to worry about, you know, money or college or any of that kind of stuff. So I think if I can just focus and and to your point, just like keep my head going and just work, then five, six years from now, I'll thank myself like, Hey, you, you grinded it out and now look where you're at. But no, it's, uh, it's complicating. It's, it's stressful because I get impatient with it, but I have to remind myself to just take a step back and, you know, Hey, be thankful for the situation you're in. Things aren't going to happen overnight. Yeah, I think that was like um, kind of an issue I may have had when I was an undergrad. Like, I felt like I had a, a plan and everything yeah. was going to go to plan. Like, I, this is looking back, I'm like, you're so dumb. But I was like, yeah. I'm going to get married after undergrad. <laughs> I'm going to go to school. I'm going to start a family. Like, oh my God, if I could go back and just like, no, honey, absolutely not. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. I'm, I've definitely changed my mentality. I'm trying to see, like, I'm trying to enjoy the moment and not like freak out about the little planning. Like, Oh, where am I? Like, there's a lot of uncertainty with where I'm going to end up for mm. these next few years is the issue. Like the two years are, um, you're in class school. I mean, it's online right now, but you still have to be here for lab and stuff. The next two years, like you could end up in a different place. Like I could go back to Fresno, even they have a spot there for rotations for two years. Interesting. And then the next three years for residency, like you get matched. You don't know where you're going to be. It's uncertain. Like you have no say. I mean, you get a pick like your top choices okay. and they, they hopefully pick you. I mean, it's kind of one of those things like you interview and everything, but um, it's just a lot of uncertainty. So I'm like, I don't, like, 
the whole, oh, you need to have a plan thing just does not work for this. So <laughs> just taking it more like day by day, kind of exam by exam. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how I live now. But um, yeah, it's definitely, I had the wrong mentality before and it is better to take it day by day. I mean, I was so young then too. I was like, why did I think like I need, I think it's just because my parents married young, you know? So it's like, oh, they had me how young were they? by my age, like by like, by 26, I was born for them. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, that is oh my pretty God. young. Like, my parents just... got married when they were 26, but they <laughs> waited like young? they waited like five years to have me because I mean, I think they just wanted time to themselves. Especially my dad. I don't think he was yeah. ready for that. But no, I, I think about it too. Like, I'm 26. My dad and mom got married at 26. You know, I just don't think things happen as quickly anymore. Uh, no, yeah. I think, yeah, that's definitely, I think our generation has slowed some things down. Although yeah. I've seen a ton of engagements this last year. Yes, right. Like more than I've ever seen. <laughs> like yeah. everyone I know, I feel like is getting yeah. engaged, which is honestly super exciting. But it's just like right. that we're at that time in our lives now. Yeah, I'm down There's, to go to weddings. Weddings are great. Oh, you know? yeah. So if, I, if I get invited, hell, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm there. Oh, absolutely. It's a blast. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's definitely like what it's interesting to see what all our peers are doing, you know, because it's like, oh, it's that time. Like, it's, it's happening. <laughs> well, now <laughs> you can't even up. celebrate, you know, the way you want because yeah. of COVID. Like, I had a bachelor party get canceled. Um, his wedding got postponed. Like, so many things that I enjoy, you know, concerts or a music yeah. festival, anything like that has just gone away. I know. And, and it, it sucks because that's those were my times to hang out with the people that I grew up with in, in college, you know? Yeah. That's what we did. And yeah. now there was no way to go and do that. And they just actually came and visited me this weekend. We went skiing, thank God. But before that, I mean, we, what, you want to go visit them in LA and everyone's locked down? Yeah, you know? it's, it's really hard to keep in touch with people. I think obviously FaceTime's been huge. Like we're right. so blessed to have technology. Um, but yeah, I know I miss, it actually makes me appreciate more like the concerts and just the outings like to restaurants or happy hours or little things that sometimes I'd be like, I don't, you know, I'm not feeling it, but like, this isn't that, you know, right. I don't know. It, it really makes you appreciate those things. So oh, yeah. I actually bought tickets to the weekend concert. That's a year from like now. Wow. <laughs> That's in Kansas City because I'm ready to get back out there and have a decent time. I don't know. I'm assuming COVID will be gone by then, but I have been assuming that since since the two weeks to flatten the curve thing, like a week ago. It's a hurry up and wait thing. Like, oh, hurry up, we're gonna get there. All right, wait. You know, yeah. Hurry up and then wait. And so I, I I never have any faith that anything will go as they say because bureaucracy sucks and the distribution. It's the media. The, the media sucks. Hey, don't uh, don't crap on that. But not you. <laughs> The political oh. media. Oh, oh you, you'd God. be surprised how many phone calls we get about you guys need to do something about the lack of vaccines and say something. And I said, oh, this woman calls the other day. I said, ma'am, you know, these are opinion news shows. It's entertainment. They, they want to get people riled up. I said, as a local yeah. news station, I can't say the words I think or I believe yeah, or that's we think this. And because they've been conditioned to watch Fox or CNN, they think that all the other news outlets are supposed to act like that. And I'm sitting there like, you do realize these people are television hosts and their job is to entertain at the end of the day. 
they're not providing you any news, you know, and then you send it out to look at the, the pundits and the lawyers and the former politicians. It's a giant TV show, yeah. but people, I don't want to say they're dumb. They just, they're, they're caught up in, and they like hearing the same thing over and over again. It's like this affirmation bias or confirmation mm -hmm. bias or whatever. Um, and it's just, it's so toxic for what we do. Oh, I, I hate it. Yeah. See, I'm getting all, I'm getting all fired up now. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> How do you like working and not being able to really share your opinion? Does that like affect you at all? Or is it um, kind of better? That's a very good question. I think about that regularly. Um, <laughs> I think what it forced me to do was in college, I did a lot of radio. So you kind of have yeah. to just talk like this, which I yeah. do like, because I can talk forever. Um, yeah. you, I know you could too. <laughs> and, uh, and so there's something fun about that. But with the news aspect, I become very, you know, adamant about making sure that the information I put out there is correct. My job is to educate and inform. And so that's my goal at the end of the day. But are there many times where I wish I had just two or three minutes to kind of just talk and be more of myself? Sure. Um, and you don't want to become cookie cutter either when you're doing the news. I don't want people to think that I'm some robot out there. So uh, when I do like a live shot or I do something that's a little bit more, you know, off the cuff, I try to just be myself. Like, I don't, I don't think I change my voice. Maybe I speak a little clearer, um, but I try really hard not to change me. Like, I don't have a super deep voice. That's okay. Um, I'm not going to stand up there and try to sound like some you know, deep bellowing radio DJs. So it is hard at times, but I've learned so much. I mean, yeah. it was hit the ground running when I got here because I didn't go to school for any of this. Yeah. So I walked in and was like, hey, I don't know anything, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out. Yeah. So it's been a learning process, but um, it's fun. It, it's I feel like you've been doing well, though. Like I do... It's funny you mentioned the voice because I feel like you do have a nice voice. You know what I mean? You're like Alec Nolan. Like, like it's <laughs> no, just like no. it goes. I don't know. Yeah, My family don't know. and I talk about it sometimes. Like, You've oh, talked about this? Oh, oh yeah. Brie and G. Oh yeah. We talk about it. Some people will message me and they're like, it's just so weird seeing you like this. And I said, Yeah, it's weird for me too. And then I messaged somebody and I was like, Is it douchey of me to be posting videos of myself? No. And they were like, <laughs> They're like, no, I don't think so. I was like, if the, if it is, you need to tell me. And I said, but it's the news. Like you're just informing, you know. Right. I mean? I'm not so like, it's, it's hey, different. everybody, like you know, yeah. lights, no, camera, action. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> most of the stuff I do day to day is, you know, pretty just basic informational stuff. It's not like I'm covering like crazy murders and you know, <laughs> all these crazy crimes happening. I mean, Bend is a relatively relaxed place. There's only a hundred thousand people here, yeah. so it's pretty chill most days. Um, but it is certainly weird. And I think it, th there's a natural insecurity that comes with it. Like, like I had to wear makeup last night. That's kind of weird. Oh, you know what I mean? That's interesting. Yeah. So I mean, that's expected though, I guess with like a TV yeah. business, you know, you, well, gotta you have to, I always thought it was up to the person. Um, but because of all the lights, you end up looking yeah. shiny. And so you guys just put on like foundation and there are times where it's kind of like, Oh, this is kind of weird. And, you know, probably people probably think, you know, weirdly of it, but no, I know that I need to do this in order to get where I want to go. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it, but there are times where I wish, you know, 
I had a regular schedule or I could just kind of go back to what I was doing just because uh, it was nice to, like, I had vacation more. I had more time. Like I've worked every holiday since I've been here. That's weird. Oh, really? Yeah. And I haven't been home that much. You know, it's harder to go home now, but, and I used to love, I mean, there was nothing better than going home, seeing everybody, you know, like whether it was you and like Josh and CJ and all of us meeting up and going somewhere. That yeah. was cool. That was fun. Um, and then, of course, everybody's yeah. got to meet at, um, what's that? Sequoia. Yeah. Can't probably forget. Not, probably shouldn't do that again, huh? <laughs> no, we didn't have it this year. And honestly, yeah. I was kind of like bummed about it. I'm like, that's when I just see everyone right. after a year of not seeing anyone. You know, you just come together. You talk like you you just saw each other. And it's, right. it's great. Like, yeah, now it's weird not having those interactions anymore. But what's it like? Um not being able to like see your sisters as much. Cause I mean, you guys are pretty big family and, and very close yeah. and, and fun and kind of wild, but I mean, you're so far away from them. How are they handling that? Um, I think they're fine. Um, <laughs> when miss I you left, at all. like when I left for undergrad, like undergrad, okay. That right, should have right. been a little bit more significant. It's like, Oh, we've lived with you our whole life. You know, right. See, right. I could see big sisters from, leaving. I could see from my window, Brie moving her stuff into my closet the minute I left. I mean, I'm like backing out the driveway and she is already taking over my room. So <laughs> I feel like with med school, she was like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. They're like, see ya. I'm like, thanks for leaving all your space. Like we're taking no over. love. We'll miss you though. You know, like, okay. Are you but the then, favorite? Ooh, depends on which sibling. I feel like I'm Gavin's favorite for sure. Really? But not positive. How old is he now? 17. Oh my God. I know. I know. (laughs) When when we met, was your mother pregnant with him? I think so. Holy shit. Yeah, because she had him when I was eight. Yeah. I think she was pregnant with him when we were like in second or third grade. I don't know. When was I eight? I don't even... Like second grade? That was third, second? God, I hate that. Okay, that's awful. <laughs> I and then know, so is I he know. a senior? He's going to be uh, next year. He's a junior right now. But I think what's hitting me is his friends. So like to me, Gavin's still the youngest. He's right. still like the baby of the family. You know, he's growing up obviously, but to me he's always gonna be the youngest. Yeah. You know? His friends are like turning into like legit men. Like I follow one of them on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, like this guy looks yeah. older than me. Yeah, like, yeah. He's got like a beard and muscles. Yeah, and, I'm yeah. like this, like this kid that I saw graduate from preschool at like three years old is like a grown, like it's, it's very weird. And it makes me feel significantly older, like honestly. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Was th- that was literally the other night I was like oh my god like they're signing to colleges if they're playing sports you know and I'm like oh my god like I remember you when you were in like a diaper yeah like and now you're on the other end just like oh god you wonder how our parents feel well that's like, what I, I never understood like oh it happened so fast and I'm like this has been a long time what are you talking about <laughs> and now I'm over here like oh my god I totally get it now yeah it's and you got to be careful because you get into this rat race with life and just routine and, and oh. all of a sudden you look up and it's like, oh my God, you know, like yeah, it, I'm closer to 30. I know. It's, you know what? It's the little things though, too. For instance, if I work out, I'm sore longer than I was, you know what I mean? Like 
it's so it's little things i'm like okay it's day three like i should be good to go why am i still sore oh yeah like i certainly was, yeah i can't drink like i used to no oh, way mm-mm. the hangover yeah i mean i'm like detrimental but it's like takes away the whole day i mean i'm taking like liquid iv i have these like cheers Wait, what pills do you mean i got from shark tank oh the um liquid iv powder it's like electrolytes and it, you, get it, you can get it at costco this is not an ad but you can get it at costco i didn't know it's this literally like um it's a powder and one glass of it so you, water you pour it in whatever is equivalent to like two to three glasses essentially um. so it's just like yeah i take that before bed you know, I actually didn't drink that much after undergrad because I like I lived with my parents. Like, you know, what am I gonna do? Just get hammered at that? You know, it's not the same. <laughs> like, there's no frat parties. You know, it's just not the right. same. It's not even it's not even okay anymore. You know, but in med school, like people party a little bit. Like as soon as the exams over, it's that's like, what I was gonna say. It's kind of like, right, like you're riding this high, and then everybody yeah. just. Whew. I mean, we have our bubble. Like you can only hang out with, like certain amount of people indoors <laughs> because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we're all vaccinated now, which has been really nice, like oh, you a bit are? of a stress. Re- yeah, yeah. We'll go into that in a second. But um, yeah, people drink hard. And I actually, I had a decent amount uh, just a few weeks ago and I was like <laughs> out of commission. <laughs> the next day I was like, it's pretty bad. <laughs> what, was, what was the Shark Tank thing you took? Oh, Cheers. It's Cheers pills. It's like... I don't know, my friend. Jeez, you're on all these supplements after you drink. Yeah, it's not cool, but I mean, I've had them forever. I think they last like, I don't know, the expiration date says they're still good. So I've had them forever, but um, it's like a cheers. Okay, basically one of the Instagram ads got me. I love Shark Tank. They know that. I don't know, it pops up. It was like a dollar. It's like, just pay for shipping. Like first first thing. And then it's a subscription, which obviously I canceled immediately because I'm poor. And... um, And I don't know. It's supposed to like help you like detoxify. I don't know. What's it's in like, it? That's a wonderful question. I'm not positive. You know, as a medical student, you should know yeah, these things. I should know that, but I'm only a first year, so <laughs> I'm off the hook. <laughs> cheers, like like cheers. Yeah, let me see if I can look it up. It's like cheer, like cheers, like cheers drink. You know, cheers, and it's like I don't even know. It's like and you take it b- before you go to bed. Yeah. See, that's the thing that people mess up with is like, they wait till the next day. I'm like, no, if you do no, stuff yes. the night before, yeah. then you're I make, good. Yeah. I make sure I have lots of water though. Like I get to a point where I'm like, okay, no more alcohol. I'm going to walk around with water. Whatever game we're playing, I'm going to drink water. Like, yeah, we should more responsible games. than the I average just, person. Yeah. People drink here. Like a lot of people though, uh, like a good chunk are fresh out of college. Right. You know I mean, so they're like still in that routine. They can still binge and be okay and I'm like yeah I haven't done like when I think back to undergrad I'm like why was I okay you know I don't know I I've had this conversation with myself many times and it's like I look back I'm like number one you don't like I looked terrible like I looked (laughs) puffy and I don't know it's bad (laughs) and then I think I graduated and there was like this thing that came over me like how did you maintain that lifestyle not that I was like some idiot just bumbling around but yeah. Um, you know, three, four days a week, there was something going on. Yes. Something. And, and it was totally normal. Totally normal. To do that three days, four days a week. And like, you go to the library and the motivation to leave the library is to go to the pregame. 
God, you know what I mean? Pre and then a and then an after and then, yeah. But you know what? I look back and I'm like, you know what though? Each of those nights, I refused to pay for an Uber and would walk my ass three miles home. You know, I'm like three miles. That's so What's dangerous. Why would you do that? Oh, I would never be alone. We'd oh, never okay. be alone. I mean, g- groups like girls travel together and like right, it's right. like five of us. You know, right. stumbling through a field. Also, it was UC Davis. It was a total college town. You know, like right everyone there is at the at the college so it's pretty safe i mean i, I never know. actually visited while my sister was there i came for her graduation Alec. i know and she hates me still for that um, oh you should have you should have gone when i was there too g was there she was also there. i know and then i used to tell her that i'd be like you know uh, if you don't want to you know hang out the whole time or you don't want to go out i was like there's other people i know that, that i could go out with because my sister doesn't party or drink or yeah. anything still so to this great. day um but i did visit her at georgetown so that that made up okay yeah, that, that and she showed me around the campus and i mean it's just yeah. spectacular but oh yeah i always wanted to go visit davis and i just i don't know i didn't have a car like my freshman year then yeah, i did have a car yeah. and then i had a dog yeah. and then it was just super difficult it's far too like we're north yeah. you know yeah it's different i mean and so it never worked out but no to your point uh as we were talking about the the recovery the the bounce yeah. back not okay not okay and it's only gonna get worse that's what worries me i'm like wow you know what i've been drinking a lot of is those um like seltzer waters like the mm. Lacroix like things like that oh, well, those, oh and that oh oh just the actual water i hear you right as like coming home and like because i got in this habit especially yeah. in college you know in high school i didn't drink and yeah, so same. when I get to college, it was just like full speed ahead. And then it became anytime you sit down to watch something, whether it be a movie or sports, oh yeah, we'll get beer or oh yeah, we'll get yeah. wine. And then in Santa Barbara, it was like, oh, every night if I watch a movie, like I have a glass of wine with dinner or like have a beer with this. And it just became like habit of like having something with a meal or a movie. Yeah. And so it's like, now it's like, can you just watch the damn movie like you did for the first 18 years of your life and just yeah. get on with it? Do you notice that like with not food good. at all? Because I realized in college, I feel like I'd, I'd make dinner and then I'd sit down, I'd put something on like something family guy or American dad, something just dumb. You watch American dad. So great. Dude, I didn't Roger, take you for an American alien? dad. for <laughs> The alien. I mean, no. just any show. Well, okay. So before I would just put on friends, friends is off Netflix. Office. Which is a super overrated. Office show. is off the net, off Netflix. American Dad, Family Guy's on Hulu. Oh wait, no, American Dad's not on Netflix anymore either, is it? I don't know. I wasn't a big American so, Dad guy. I was a big Family Guy guy. Simpsons, um, I watched as a kid. Simpsons, kind of. I grew up on The Simpsons. Yeah. Like South Park. Like, my mom hated me watching it, but my yeah. dad and I would watch it. Yeah, my dad thinks it's hilarious. My mom thinks it's you know awful. Vile. I mean, it's not the best show. Like looking you have, back, I'm like. Yeah. Do you have time to like binge watch series yeah. anymore? Or what do you do watch I right now? Time? I don't. Do I make time? <laughs> yeah. Should I? No. You know what I mean? Like it's like <sighs> you just I don't know. Like there is technically not time, but I have binge watch shows. I'm still waiting for Stranger Things. I tell myself as soon as that's out, I'm just going to binge it in the night. That'll just be a night gone and that's fine. Then I'll just go right. back to the routine. But 
I mean, I have time for everyday things. I think it's different because, like, when my dad was in med school, like, he had me, like, his first year, and then he had G his third year. Oh, my God. having a kid being married and a dog, like, that is much different than where I'm at in my life. Like, I have a dog, and he's been, you know, Brody. He's been with me since undergrad. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah, he made the trek over to the Midwest. He's going to be seven. Seven in May. The dog is that old? Yeah, I've had him for six years. Oh, my God. I know, because I got him when he was one, but um, yeah, it's just another indication of how old we're getting, but that's fine. I've got um, a seven and a half month old. He's passed out, though. I know, your cute little dog. This is what I have to do before I do these podcasts. I wake up and I run him, and I'm like, because if- Good for he, you. Yeah, I'm like, you can't bother me while I'm doing this, buddy. And so I'll run him, run him, and then right before I take him on another walk, and then he just comes home and passes out. Wow. See, that's good though. Cause it's keeping you accountable. Making you Oh, no active. question. He's, he's crazy. If I don't exercise him, he'll bite off my head. Yeah. That's a puppy for you. See, mine's like an old man now. He's chilled uh, out. So low maintenance. He was low maintenance when I got him though, because he's blind in one eye, you know, from cataracts. Oh, no. so what a poor yeah, guy. Okay. It's been a minute since we've talked, but yeah, he had surgery on his right eye. <laughs> um, he can see out of his right eye. Fine. He had surgery before I got him at one year old, but he had to be isolated from every other, like everything when his eye was healing. So he was super mellow because he had never like experienced, like he never really got walked. He didn't, he didn't even know what a curb, like I tried to get him to step over a curb and it was like foreign, like oh, poor he was guy. actually very difficult at the beginning because he hadn't seen a man. He hadn't seen a guy because he lived with the breeder. I mean, he oh. had, I guess, technically at the vet, maybe, but that was like a traumatic experience. So, because your eyes open during surgery, it's horrible. Right. But um, yeah, he had never seen a guy, never been on stairs. Like, I think he like peed on a pee pad before I got him. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. Like, you're yeah, going to go no. out, you know? It was a tough adjustment, but he's come a very long way. That's good. And uh, yeah, he's out here with me, but it's just way different. Like all I have is a dog. That's my responsibility, dog and myself. So, you know, I can stay up till like three or 4 a.m. and it's totally okay. Whereas like, you know, looking at someone with a family, like they, they want to finish at a reasonable time, have time with their children and their wife or their husband or whatever. You know? I can't even imagine doing all that and then countering in school. Yeah. And finances. It's like, I only have to pay for myself and my dog. Like I can't imagine having to pay with the, you know, it's all loan to feed a child. Yeah. I'm like, so my dad, my dad's experience was definitely different. That's um, crazy. But I couldn't know. There's no way I would, I feel like I'm not even mature enough for that. That's why I think about it. And I'm like, they had me at this age. Like what is going on? (laughs) Like I barely take care of my dog. (laughs) That's insane. But and different times, different times. You said you got the vaccine already. How did, how did oh, that play Oh, yeah. Out? Sorry. Yeah. I got the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. Um, oh, I think I got it in February. I think I got it in February at this point. It's already been a month. But Were um, you deemed like a, like a so, higher category? Yeah. So um, actually, I think it's the third and fourth years med students that got it first because they're the ones actually in clinical settings. But right. um, we actually got the opportunity if we wanted to sign up to volunteer to give the vaccines. And in oh. order to do that, we had to be vaccinated. So a majority of my first year class and second years too um, got vaccinated. And I've been able to volunteer weekly for the most part when it's available um, to give the COVID vaccines to the, the Kansas City community, which has been really cool. 
um, kind of terrifying at first, but then now, you know, you get into the groove of things, but they literally just threw me in a room, like, last week, they're like, all right, four hours, like, you know, I switched with, like, my friend halfway, but they just threw me in a room, you fill out the paperwork, the card, talk to the patient, sit them down, do the whole thing, give the vaccine, and they're on their way, and I was just like, wow, like, this is really, I mean, it's an awesome opportunity, because we didn't get like, I mean, we're not even on campus, really, you know, like, you obviously don't get any patient interaction, like, so this was, like, a golden opportunity to have that chance to, like, experience some clinical experience while in school, and, like, practice some of your skills, so, you know, now I feel like giving a shot isn't that intimidating, whereas a few months ago, I would have been like, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to do it, like, whatever, but um, getting the shot itself, the first dose, totally fine, little arm soreness, you know, whatever, my lymph node actually in my armpit was pretty enlarged, which is a thing, I guess. But That's a common just, side effect, I believe. Yeah, it just felt like um, like I woke up and I don't know why, but I slept with my arm above my head that night and it just felt like someone had <laughs> punched me in the armpit is how Ooh. I described it. Um, other than that, totally fine. Second shot, for me, I mean, it's different for everyone. For me, it was like 13 hours after I got it. And it's usually like 12 to 14. So that wasn't abnormal where I developed some symptoms. And it was just like, I was just so tired and kind of had the chills. Like I had like four blankets on me and then I went to bed and like, you know, if I had a fever, it broke in the middle of the night because I woke up sweating, but I also had four blankets on. Um, and then the next morning I was just tired from like poor sleep, but it was fine. Like within like 24 hours, I was fine. So, um, I mean, if you have the opportunity to get it, I would obviously recommend it. Um, I heard most people, hopefully most people will get it by May is the goal right yeah, now. Yeah, that's those. what they're saying. And they're saying, you know, hopefully it. by Christmas that, you know, everything would be distributed in a way that nearly all of Americans are, are where they need to be, or at least we're at a, a sense of it's, normalcy. It's just tough though, because it's like, no one really knows how long it lasts. No. Like, I think they know for sure, like three months at this point, because that's what they've tested. But, um, but here's the thing is like, like even if you've got the vaccine, they're assuming that everyone's going to get it. There are a lot of people that yeah. will refuse to get it. Yeah, that's tough. It is. I mean, well, now they just they um, just approved another one, J and J or something. Yeah, it's John, and it's only like one a, dose. Yeah, one dose, more like the flu shot, like whatever. Mm. Like um, a classic kinda, vaccine, not the mRNA, right? Yeah, which is kind of nice. Um, but I don't know. My whole class pretty much got it. I mean, all of healthcare is getting it. Like. I mean, I feel like that should be a sign enough that it's probably a safe thing to do at this point. Well, the CDC released new guidelines. They said uh, if two people have been fully vaccinated, you can be like, you're allowed to go no mask. Wow. Right. See, that's, I don't get that because there's new strains, I thought. So I'm like, I don't, I don't really know. But Texas is reopening and they're only like six or seven percent vaccinated. Oh yeah, their governor Abbott, he was like, Yeah, we're opening up fully. And I thought, this is gonna be an experiment. Yeah, so we'll just watch them and see <laughs> learn. Exactly. Every, everyone's just gonna watch that and go, What happens there? It's like an experiment. It's just horrible for them. But it is, uh, you know, it just hopefully I, it goes well. I know. Um, it just feels like ever since that, and this is I mean, a year basically ago, it just yeah. feels like nothing has ever been the same since then. It's like we no. turn the page on a new era and it's yeah. never been the same and I don't know if it'll ever be the same. And yeah. so I, I try to just stay positive, but it's always felt like there's just something off, you know, every day since then. And it, it sucks. Um, Cause you're yeah. trying to do all these important things in your life and you feel like 
these other inhibitors are coming in at such an important time in your life, but your attitude thus far, you wouldn't think that you're dealing with anything difficult, but. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just been going on long enough that people have kind of adjusted, but um, to what you were saying, it's kind of like adds like an extra fear factor to different things. Like even just traveling home, it's like, okay, make sure I got my N95. I mean, I wore like goggles on the plane. Not sure if that was totally necessary. You wore goggles on the plane. I wore goggles on the plane when I came home for Thanksgiving. I was like, I don't know. I wasn't vaccinated then. And I was like, I don't know, you know, where these, like, I can't trust everyone around me. That's the worst part. Like you just don't know. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just as an extra fear factor of things like, Oh, can I go to a restaurant? Like, if I see a server with it down, like to here, I'm like, dude, like just pull it up. Like, I don't know. It's like the little bits. I'm like, how long has that been down? Do you have any symptoms? Would you be honest? Or do you like need this job? Like people, it's hard. Like it's, it's hard. It makes me realize how like unhygienic so many things were before this. Like, me out. I don't know if you noticed this or you feel this way, but like if you watch something on TV now and it's like an older episode of something, and this person walks into a restaurant and it's super packed and no one's wearing a mask. My first thought is like, like I go, Oh, that guy. Oh, what am I thinking? Like, this is, yeah. you know, this is five years ago, but I, I'm so used to seeing that, yeah. that to see a bunch of people in a large space, like a restaurant with no masks, it is like messes with my mind. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, Oh my God, look what this has done to me. Well, Okay. I don't know if you've noticed these things. I've thought about it a little bit too, where um, the restaurants, like they used to not sanitize the seats and the table before we sat down. You know. know what I mean? Like, and that was okay. Like I, at a Mexican restaurant, I'd eat a chip off the table. Like it was totally fine, <laughs> even though who knows, like someone, someone's kid could have licked Maybe it. They just, all I know. Yeah. They probably just grabbed like a wet rag and wiped the table. Yeah. Every table with the same wet rag, you know, like that's wow. pretty, that's pretty gross to think about. And also, uh, bowling alleys um i would <laughs> bowl and then go eat like yeah. a pizza or something like at yeah. a party or get together Everyone's sticking like, their hand on the ball yeah and i'm like oh my i mean i mean your fingers are in like you are oh that's bad that's yeah. pretty bad and i'm like Oof, wow and i thought that was like totally okay or airports like they don't really sanitize the seats like i would sit there for hours doing whatever i want i eat i do whatever and who knows? It was, it's, it's weird to think about. Yeah. And it's kind of sad that I have to think about it like that now, but it is weird. Like even like the table I'm sitting on at the study space, like there's like a sanitizer <laughs> spray to clean it out. But I'm like, who was here before? Right. Like you don't know. <laughs> like, well, I remember when this all started, they would kept wash your hands, wash your hands. And my mom's like, is nobody washing their damn hands before this? Like <laughs> she was like, what do you mean? Wash your hands. She's like, everybody should like, you go to the bathroom, you wash your hands. You know, you, <laughs> You go yeah. to eat somewhere, you wash your hands. And she was like, yeah. what the hell's wrong with these people? I said, mom, you'd be surprised. You know, a lot of people don't care. Well, see, groceries, that was another thing for me. I wouldn't sanitize my hands the minute I got in the car, but I like touched all that stuff. I dealt with like the bags and like, I touched the like, where you put the card in, like you put your number in, you sign, like whatever, all that. I touched all that and I would get in the car and not sanitize. What? Like now, obviously it's routine, but right. I'm like, why did I not think that was not like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I think so much of this is just going to change the way we do things. Like habits are formed. Routines will, will be formed. Just 
I think the societal norms have totally changed after this. Like nothing will ever go back to the way it was. Not nothing, but I just think the way we handle things just won't, you know? I think, I mean, would we be sitting here right now having this conversation if it weren't for, you know, the rise in popularity of Zoom and conversations like this and FaceTime? Like, I don't know. Probably not, honestly. I'd probably never talk to you again. (laughs) We'd still talk. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like random FaceTimes here and there. That's where we catch each other. But well, uh, the thing that's that's interesting to me is, and I I guess fortunate for me when you were talking about um, at the beginning of this whole thing, just like staying in touch and and having that kind of like support system. Like we do take a lot of things for granted. I, I think I don't think I've ever I've ever taken my friends for granted, but I I glad I've been reminded at how lucky I've been, like how fortunate I've been to have met the people I did growing up. Like I would not be who I am if it were not for those people. And so I think that's what I've taken away from this the most is like, it's really made me realize who's important in my life and who I want to stay in contact with, you know, moving forward. And that's probably the best thing that's happened. Yeah, and see, it's why I have a soft spot for Fresno. Like, look at these great people that came out of it. Like, right. I don't know, but also my college. If we could take all too. those cool people and put them in a cooler place, that'd be even better. <laughs> yeah, it would be a game changer yeah. for sure. Be going home, but um, no, yeah, I, I agree. I have met some great people over the years, and um, it's been such a blessing. Honestly, like, it is it, especially in times like these, like when you can't do anything else but I, I also met new people this year that I know I'm going to be friends with for you know the rest of my life most likely I, mean, I hope well, it's a <laughs> and, shared it's a shared experience I mean that yeah. that says speaks volumes you, you'll take that with you guys everywhere yeah and it, I don't know it's I'm very grateful for the people I have in my life as well like it's definitely um, I am definitely lucky even with my family although we have our issues they're still, we're still great right. in my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, it's but, all, I think it's all about perspective at this point and, and trying to just handle things the best way they are. I mean, when this whole thing started, it was like, there's one of two ways to go about it. You either just get frustrated with it and, and kind of like retaliate against it, or you take it for what it is and try and make the situation better for yourself and, and those closest to you. And just look back and say, hey, we got through all that you know, now everything else could be easier. Yeah. Oh, at the beginning of this though, like I was enjoying myself, making homemade pasta, baking, reading a book, practicing like acro couple yoga with G in the backyard because we thought that was funny (laughs) and fun. Like, oh, I took advantage of that break, but then it didn't stop. And I was like, okay. It felt like a little mini vacation of like, figuring out different things to do to entertain yourself and then I was just like I hate this yeah because I was working at the very beginning of it this is like before because we thought it was gonna be like two three weeks like okay then when they realized two weeks to flatten the curve remember yeah oh god um when I yeah when (laughs) at work we stayed at the beginning and like my siblings everyone was home all my friends were home like people came back to Fresno like you know people came back to their home and everyone was like doing something interesting and I was like oh this sucks like being at work like oh like I want to go watch a movie all day like (laughs) oh my god again if I can go back and just slap myself there too like not okay but yeah 
I mean, now everything works out the way it's supposed to. I had my little break before school started, which was kind of nice. And then got thrown back into the swing of things really quickly. But I mean, I've adjusted and it's been great. So it all works out, I guess, in the end. But Well, I'll leave you with this. It's, it's pretty awesome to see you in this position. And uh, not many people, I think, follow through with, with what they want to do. And it's good to see you doing what you want to do and, and not losing any sort of faith or motivation on it. And, um, you know, I think we all need those types of people to remind us ourselves of, you know, what we want to do and continue to do. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm touched. <laughs> I'm honestly honored to have been a part of this. Oh like, no, so no, it's cool. not that big of a deal. No, it's pretty cool. I'm saying it's a big deal. Well, we'll have to run it back as you go through this because this is super interesting and you're just getting started yeah. with this. So I know uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see where we're at in a few years, but yeah. And I'll have to come to Kansas city eventually at some point yeah. and get some barbecue. Cause uh, Hey, if we're back in the super bowl or any type of situation that might get us there, you should come visit. Cause it'd be fun next year. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good year. Before I leave, can you name three Kansas city chiefs players? No. But I can name you Patrick name Mahomes. Okay, one. I can name Patrick Mahomes, and I follow him on Instagram. Hey, like I said, I'm just a bandwagoner. You I can't name one watched. other player. No. Travis Kelsey. Wouldn't have. Tyree Kill. Uh-uh. All right. Well, at least you admit you're a bandwagoner. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, technically, technically, I was a Raiders fan because my dad's a Raiders fan, but I don't even know those players except for Derek Carr. But you know. So I'm not really a huge football person, but right, before we do this next time, study up. We'll do like if you can yeah. do the starting lineups, then we'll yeah. we'll be good. We'll on do progress. a little questionnaire. No, I'll I'll get it next year. I'll get it. So we'll see. Right. Well, but thank you, Caitlin, and, nice. and we'll run it back and uh, keep me updated with everything. And uh, yeah. it's it's awesome to see what you're doing. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. This was great. It was nice catching up. Awesome. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can like, share, and subscribe. If you want to hear more. Peace.